Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From the left, dear, one serves from the left. Whatever's gotten into you, company? Haney, post up in the bleachers. You're all garbage! The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 105.7 The Fan. Big and Haney, 105.7 The Fan, victory Monday. Ravens win yesterday, 28-3 over the Browns. Workman-like performance, dominating in the first half. Orioles win the East. They'll wait to see who wins between Tampa and Texas. That starts tomorrow. Terps 5-0 going to Ohio State. Coming up Saturday at noon, a game you can hear on 105.7 The Fed. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw. Talk about that Ravens win off to Pittsburgh next week. Looking to go 3-0 in the division with possibly all three wins on the road from the Baltimore Sun on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome in Brian Wacker. Brian, good morning. How about that, guys? You know, a few weeks ago, we're, we're talking about the tough, you know, tough sledding for the Ravens, and here they are, two and zero in the division, and, mm-hmm. and looking at maybe three and zero. Yeah, it could be a real whiny pain in the ass, and say they should be four and zero, but yeah. we're not going to go there. <laughs> but uh, Lamar's performance yesterday, and we've seen two brilliant ones and two not so brilliant. And through the first month, if you will, Brian of the season, you assess him how right now. Uh, you know, I mean, this is what Lamar does. I think essentially. Um, you know, he's, he's inconsistent at times. Right. And we saw that uh, in a couple of games, we saw it in week one, which look, you can certainly chalk some of that up to it being week one and not having played uh, along with the rest of the guys on offense at all in the preseason, Um, you know, and then of course they kind of laid an egg against uh, the Colts there in, in a game they had, they still had multiple chances to win that game, despite how they played offensively. And then, of course, the two games where Lamar looked uh, and the offense looked pretty good, uh, obviously, at Cincinnati and then at Cleveland. And really, you look at the Cleveland game, those two long drives, and John Harbaugh talked to us after the game about this. He said those were essentially the game, right? And, mm-hmm. they, and they sort of were. When you're going against the Cleveland team without its starting quarterback, and, and not just without its starting quarterback, but against a rookie quarterback. Uh, again, for the Ravens, and we know how well they play against uh, rookie quarterbacks. Really, any uh, NFL team with a good defense would play against a rookie quarterback. And then, of course, they didn't have Nick Chubb. Um, you know, I thought Cleveland had some success with the run, but then sort of went away from it and then kind of fell behind. And, uh, you know, and that was that. 
Um, but I thought Lamar looked good. You know, John talked about it afterward. Uh, looked like a, a point guard out there with command of the offense. And uh, I, I think we mostly saw that there was still some sloppiness. You know, he put the ball on the ground a couple of times and things of that nature and, and some uh, really uh, some risky throws, uh, you know, across his body or, you know, even the touchdown to Andrews over, over three Browns defenders really uh, put it in a great spot, but, but not without its risk. Um, you know, that said, look, this is what Lamar does. Two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, two through the air, and the Ravens come away with the win. Hey, uh, Brian, it looked like <clears throat> at the half, they're up 21-3, and, uh, and it looked like that Harv's, you know, kind of told Munkin and told the offensive coaches, listen, the only way we lose this game is if we turn it over and we beat ourselves. Ultra conservative, which to me, the second half, I think uh, the Ravens, would they have 55 yards or something like that in the second half? And, and I, had no, I had no problem with that because of the way the defense was playing too. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, they're trying to win the game. And to your point, um, you can only lose it by uh, turning the ball over and, and kind of giving a really a lifeless, listless Cleveland offense, a, a, you know, a breath of air, you know, an interception, a, a, a punt return, you know, something like that. Uh, this game felt over at halftime. Mm-hmm. Right? You just you saw nothing from Cleveland, uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback. And, and, you know, once the Ravens got ahead, then they're just playing to to keep that lead. And I think that was the smart thing to do. Again, you also have to remember they were without Odell Beckham, without Rashad Bateman, no Ronnie Stanley uh, in their left tackle. So why risk it? So to me, uh, it makes perfect sense to sort of go about it that way. You know, if Clowney would tackle the quarterbacks that he has in his grasp, I think he'd be leading the league in sacks. <laughs> Look, I, I've been very impressed by what they've got. And, and, and again, this is what the Ravens do, right? They go out and they sign a couple of veteran defensive players late in the summer, early in the season. And even Kyle Van Noy, uh, he had a couple, I think he's got his hands on a couple of balls. I, t- I tell you what, the pass that he deflected on the third and four was huge because Moore was wide open in the flat. Yeah, absolutely. And so here they are with, Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, two guys in their 30s, veteran guys um, that they sign, they bring in late, and those guys have an impact. And, um, you know, I thought Clowney has looked – look, he's a good run defender. We know that. Um, but I think he has looked very good this season through the first four games, created some situations, put pressures on, quarter, on opposing quarterbacks, gotten after guys, flushed them out of the pocket, so forth. Um, to your point, look, you certainly could have had a couple more sacks at this point in the season, you know, especially for a team that doesn't have an edge rusher who gets mm-hmm. 10, 12, 14 sacks in the season. I think, you know, their sacks this year, it seems clear, are going to come from a, a bunch of different guys who get, you know, three, four, five, six in the season. Now, Brian, let's look at the injuries. Who got hurt in this one? And then what about the guys that didn't play that have a chance to come back? Yeah, I mean, certainly you've got – let's start with the guys coming back. Of course, you've got Tyus Bowser um, on the NFI list. He's eligible to come back. Of course, Marlon Humphrey should be coming back any day now, uh, although he, you know, not on the on the injured reserve list. yet, has he? He hasn't, but, you know, the expectation was this time of year. So it would surprise me to, you know, unless there's something we don't know, and that's taking – that foot is taking longer to heal – uh, I would think he could be back at practice this week. 
Um, you know, Tyler Linderbaum came back this week. Ronnie Stanley did not, but, you know, he should be back, uh, I would expect, probably this week. He did practice last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Williams, we saw return to practice last week, but didn't play in the game. It was a, it was a scratch. Um, you know, so that'll be interesting to see there what, what the situation is with him when John Harbaugh talks. They've got other guys. Uh, Keaton Mitchell uh, is a guy who probably comes off that list soon as well. He's eligible, I believe, this week, and that that should help them sort of, uh, you know, with some depth positions. But then, of course, you have Jalen Armour Davis. This is kind of his M.O. He gets hurt again. Uh, we don't know the status. We'll get an update today uh, to some degree, I'm sure. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I think Morgan Moses, again, another guy who went out of the game yesterday. I think they lost three players during yesterday's game. Arthur Millette went out for a concussion but came back into the game. So I think he should be fine. Uh, but again, this is right. This is what happens <laughs> every week. There's at least a couple of guys, it seems, that go down. And we'll be talking to John this afternoon for that Monday afternoon update on injuries. Now, Brian, I would I would expect that <clears throat> if Ronnie's back, that McCary goes to right tackle because mm. that's where Watt, you know, lines up most of the yep. time. Because, I mean. Falele, I, I like Falele. I think he's a good athlete, but he's not a right tackle. He's not a left tackle. He, he, he's never been able to handle speed. You know, no matter what they do, I think he's a guard at anything because he can't handle the outside speed. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. I think you've got to shift, um, you know, you've got to shift him back to that guard spot because, uh, you know, and, and if you can, I think Stanley, to your point, having Stanley, back puts the Ravens in a much better position going against T.J. Watt. Brian Wacker, Baltimore Sun, joining us, Biddy and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Brian, last thing for you, the AFC North Ravens in control, at least for now. Wet team is in big trouble as we put our crystal ball, magic eight ball to work. Cincy, Pittsburgh, or Cleveland? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe all three of them. Right. <laughs> you, you know, I the, the one that's surprising, though, to me, uh, maybe the less concerning would be Cincinnati. But again, this is a team that could at bat of an eyelash, you know, rip off eight, nine straight wins. So I wouldn't be too concerned, uh, at least not yet with them. I'd be a little concerned maybe about the health of Joe Burrow and that calf. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh is, is in real trouble here. And of course, now we'll be without Kenny Pickett. Maybe that's a good thing. We'll see. Um, he has not played well. The Steelers overall have not played well this year. I, I think there's some real concern there. He is Brian Wacker, covers the Ravens in the NFL for the Baltimore Sun. Brian, always appreciate the time. Have fun with John Harbaugh later today. Thanks for having me. Yep. Here's Brian Wacker, everybody. Ravens 3-1, and one, both wins in the division on the road. Now you look back at that Colts loss going, man, 4-0. and up. Yeah. But we're not going to nitpick. You got that W on the road. You beat a team you were supposed to beat. Now the Ravens are four-point favorites heading to Pittsburgh, taking on the Steelers. Nate Davis, by the way, is going to be joining us at 1230 USA Today. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nolan. Isn't Nate the guy that picked everyone in the North to win 10 games at least? That's correct. I'm guessing he's going to be changing his tune here coming up in a little bit. Orioles off till Saturday. They await the winner of Tampa and Texas in the AL wildcard round. Maryland's 5-0. College football for the first time in 22 years. They're in Columbus. National TV taking on the Buckeyes. Getting 17 and a half. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Vinny and Hades with Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan. Time for the whip around, Vinny and Haiti, 1057, the Fab Maryland, 44-17 over Indiana this past Saturday at CQ Stadium. Leah Tunga Viola, 24-34, 352 yards, four touchdowns. That effort has earned him the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week award. For this week, Maryland 5-0 on the year, 5-0 for the first time since 2001 when Ralph Friedman's team won the ACC championship on their way to the Orange Bowl. Ohio State's coming off a bye. They're ranked number four in the country, 17-and-a-half-point favorites, but quarterback issues at Ohio State for the first time in a long time because usually they got a plug-and-play dude gets in there and throws 50 touchdowns a year. Because they got great receivers. Yeah. You know, the only I, I don't like the fact that they got a bye, you know, before. Although the Terps probably played their best game, you know, Bob. So they're going in hot. If, if you're the Terps, you don't want to buy before that game. And, you know, so we'll see. it's going to come down to can they block them. You know, I mean, Leah, he needs time to throw it. And can that offensive line hold up? We'll get into our picks later on in the show. But Notre Dame. Holds off Duke. We're actually stunned the Blue Devils 21-14. And former Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly takes it on the chin at Ole Miss to Lane Kiffin there. 55-49 in one of the uh, probably the most entertaining game of Saturday. Oh, yeah. That was like a ping pong match. Yeah. That was yeah, that was that was a very exciting, exciting game. And you know, I mean that's that's the kind of games that Lane Kiffin plays in. And LSU and Mississippi's defenses are kind of like uh, Colorado's and USC's. Buck Showalter fired his manager of the Mets yesterday, 74-87 and 87 this year. A year ago, 101-61, he was manager of the year in the National League. He's won manager of the year four times with four different teams. He's never won a pennant. He's never managed in a World Series. Gene Malk is the only manager in history with more wins who doesn't have a pennant either, the little general there. But Buck Showalter, 67 years old, did say he wouldn't mind managing again. 
there probably will be some vacancies uh, popping up here soon. Bob Nightingale, by the way, or a buddy from USA Today, thinks Melvin's going to be done in San Diego and might take the Giants job as Gabe Kapler was fired on Friday. Bob, is Buck um, a Hall of Fame candidate, manager? I think you have to look at those uh, individual accomplishments. He's taken every every team he's managed. He's taken to the playoffs except for Texas. But he will be judged ultimately on those lack of World Series appearances. Forget about winning a World Series. He's never managed in one. And two and done in New York. A lot of talk that Greg Council could take over with the Mets because Stearns was with him with him in Milwaukee. We'll see. I've seen other reports say that might not be a reality, but you never know. Cohen's going to spend some dough, which is probably why Buck got fired because he spent all that money in the offseason. Yeah. And then they were selling at the trade deadline. We talked about this earlier. Norfolk Tides win the Triple A championship game 7 6 over the Dodgers affiliate, Oklahoma City. Colton Kowser, it's a 455 foot grand slam. Connor Norby, two run jack. So the Tides finish off their brilliant season with yet another win. Saturday night, Canelo Alvarez, unanimous decision over Jamel Charlo to retain his super middleweight championship. Charlo was down in the seventh round. You could tell if you watch the fight and want to comment, you can at 410-583-1057. After the first round, he was just there to survive and get paid. I'll give him credit, though, because I like the Charlo brothers. I wish Jamal would get his ass back in the ring. But got to love all the old uh, kahunas there. And Jamal, he just got wiped out. Probably lost 11 of the 12 rounds. If you're being kind, you may have given him a round. He calls out Terrence Crawford after the fight, which would be a more weight-appropriate matchup for him. But Canelo Alvarez, very impressive in uh, beating up on the junior middleweight champion, undisputed of the world, Jermel Charlo. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. It is the whip around. Speaking of boxing on this date in boxing history, October the 2nd, 1980 in Las Vegas. Larry Holmes defended his WBC heavyweight championship, beating up on Muhammad Ali, who retired on his stool. And it's a fight that... um, if you love Muhammad Ali, and I think most people do, and by the way, I think Larry Holmes is a very underrated heavyweight champ historically, can't watch it. It was that bad. I mean, it was a one-sided pumeling, and it was tough to watch. And, you know, it's on YouTube if you want to listen. Even Cosell by the third round is like, what are we doing here? Man? This thing's, I mean, this is, uh, this is a mismatch. and should not be taking place, but money talks, and you know what walks, and Larry Holmes beat Muhammad Ali on this night 43, what? 43 years ago? And on this day, or night, excuse me, Nolan, 2011, M&T Bank Stadium, the Baltimore Ravens broke out the D against the Jets. Sanchez in business at the 27, off play action, has that one intercepted! Picked off by Lordarius Webb, and they give it right back to the Ravens. Webby, 73-yard interception return for a touchdown. Jared Johnson had a 26-yard scoop and score. Jamil McClain recovered a fumble in the end zone as the Ravens beat the Jets 34-17. That was Al Michaels. An excited Al Michaels. Sunday um, night We haven't football. heard that lately. Well, 
Well, let's see how excited he's going to be. Chicago what do we got? Thursday? Washington. Bears. <laughs> at Washington. Bears have lost 14 games in a row. We'll get to that when we get to NFL lunch and we start looking bat- back at our picks. But that happened. That Ravens team, as we know, made it to the AFC Championship game. Lost to the Patriots in Foxborough, forever known as the... What do you think, Nolan? Is it more the Lee Evans game or the Cundiff game? I mean, Cundiff has become part of this show. It'll be remembered more. Yeah, I think people outside of Baltimore regard it more as the Billy Cundiff game. Yeah, and just my humble opinion, and the Ravens would win the Super Bowl the next year, the 2010 and 2011 teams were better than the team that won the Super Bowl. Much better. Oh, yeah. I'd agree with that. Because that the team that won it, Bob. I mean, they were not good at the end of the year. I mean, I mean they, they got hot at the end, you yeah. know, in the playoffs. Blacko got on yeah. fire, and they won an AFC North that wasn't all that great. But they won at Denver. They won at New England. Yeah, and then they won in the Superdome against the 49ers with the power going out and everything. Forget about that. I mean, a lot of people think that the conspiracy was in to get San Francisco back in the game, and as fate would have it, they did because the Ravens were blowing those dudes Mm -hmm. off the field. But uh, they win today uh, 12 years ago tonight at M&T Bank Stadium. We'll come back. Speaking of winning, Orioles win the East. Peter Schmuck, BaltimoreBaseball.com. Look at the season that was and look ahead to the playoffs. Tampa or Texas looming here in the division series. Orioles have not played a home playoff game since 2014. Got a funhouse trip. Nolan McGraw, 11.45. News from the Nets coming up at noon. Ravens 3-1. and one. Orioles are American League East champions. Terps are 5-0. and oh. So if you want to comment on any of that, feel free to get in here and talk some sports with us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The latest sports news and your place to talk about it. Always. 1057 The Fan. Good evening, Haiti. 1057 The Fan here on this Victory Monday. Ravens 3 1. Orioles American League East Champs. Terps are 5 0. So we got a lot going on around here. Bob Haiti, Vinny Serrato. Orioles off until Saturday. Opponent to be determined. Oriole Park at Camden Yards. First home game the birds in the postseason since 2014 here to preview what could be happening in the next week or so in the MLB playoffs for BaltimoreBaseball.com. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show Peter Schmuck. Peter, good morning. What's up? Good morning, guys. I guess I'm stuck in the middle with 
You guys. Yeah, I keep thinking Quentin Tarantino for some reason every time that uh, <laughs> song comes on. But the Orioles, they win 101. They, uh, I don't want to say run away with the East, but they were in control of that division for the better part of the second half of the season. Aside from winning the division itself, Peter, when a lot of people picked them to finish last, what was the most satisfying part of the regular season for you? Well, I think I think just uh, once again, um, making the people at Fangraphs and the people in Vegas look stupid for you know <laughs> saying they could, were only going to win seventy seven games, uh, posting them as a fifty to one uh, shot to win the AL East at the end of the seven game winning streak in April, um, people, uh, as we all know, because we all are people. Uh, uh, <laughs> always cling to their assumptions as long as they possibly can. And they just assumed this Oriole team last year wasn't for real. And you and I and Vinny and everybody who was here could see with the guys lined up in the minor leagues that it was very much for real. Uh, and that it would, I didn't think it would win, they didn't win 101 games, but I, I knew they'd win in the eighties or, or, or could get to 90. Now stay away for Tampa or Texas here in Boshi. He's got the World Series pedigree from his days at San Diego and the Giants. Houston is going to be formidable. Tampa's formidable. I mean, they've got uh, Toronto was in the playoffs last year. And Vinny and I were half joking, watch the Twins wind up winning the American League. But either way, it's not going to be an easy task for them. Now it's going to be without uh, Felix Batista. And you kind of knew, Peter, that he was not going to be part of it. I know they teased a little bit as he was doing sim games and all of that. Now that he is officially gone, who gets the ball, tight spot, high leverage situation, back end of the bullpen? Everybody. That's what Brandon said yesterday. He said it the day before, that that he's going to mix and match, and you've already seen. Let me me qualify that. Everybody but Fuji. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I wish wish the guy was as good as he could be. I mean, that's that's another story for another time. Um, but yes, he's, uh, he's confident, uh, in Webb. He's, uh, he's got, got this growing confidence in DL Hall. Uh, he obviously has confidence in Cologne. Uh, uh, he has confidence against right-handers in Cano and I mean, right-handed hitters in Cano. And that's a, that's a big thing right there for me. That's why this, this is why I hate the, uh, three reliever, uh, three, three batter minimum for relievers the last year or so. I just hate it. Because even though I know it speeds up the game, um, it takes it takes a huge uh, managerial tool away from uh, everybody. And there's some good managers in, in, in this uh, postseason, so it's not like it's, it would be an advantage for the Orioles. But they, th- I believe, and I asked uh, Brandon this in the press conference yesterday, I believe that the the three batter minimum is a big disadvantage for the uh, for the Orioles in the situation they're in. Now, Tyler Wells, he was their best starting pitcher in the first half of the season. Had the lowest whip of all starting pitchers in the first half in all of baseball. We've seen him. Hey, he clinched the uh, the uh, division championship a couple of days ago. Tyler Wells, his role will be how prominent there, Peter Schmuck, in the postseason. Very, very. Uh, probably not just as a you know occasional closer, but just that guy that can close a sixth inning when things are going bad. Um, and really, really important that they have a bunch of guys rested who have been in all these roles. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm not as uh, disappointed in the loss of Batista as, a, as I would have been 
if this bullpen uh, was the bullpen that a couple weeks ago looked like it was in total disarray. Now, Peter Schmuck joining us, BaltimoreBaseball.com, talking about the Orioles are off until Saturday, waiting to see who will win Texas and Tampa in the AL wildcard, that bracket anyway. But we look at them offensively, the Orioles, number one in batting average with runners in scoring position. They finished top seven in runs scored. There's a lot of versatility there, I would think, with them offensively. Do we kind of overlook the fact that they might not be the 61 Yankees when it comes to bashing away, but they're a better offensive team than maybe some people give them credit for well they definitely are uh, when they're the patient uh work uh, starting pitcher team that they were for most of the season uh, they do have these lapses where they suddenly get uh, full of themselves and get real aggressive and, and other teams tend to take advantage of that it hasn't been lost on me that that as resourceful as they were the last eight games and they were six and two in their last eight games uh, they averaged exactly three runs a game in those eight games and had two runs or less in four of them. And that's not really the way I wanted to see him close out the regular season heading into the postseason. Peter, what do you think <clears> – <throat> what has Brandon talked about uh, they're going to do this week? Well, they, they, you know, they, this is always that, that conundrum. And uh, they used to talk about it when the wild card only, you know, what had people sit for two or three days. Now you got five days, uh, certainly – um, you know, it's it's one of those those uh, good news, bad news things. Uh, the good news, of course, is there's no chance to lose in the next five games. That, that's the main thing. Um, if if you knew you were going to win in the next five games, you might want to play the, the, that that uh, three game series. Um, but uh, uh, I, I think they've you know he's consulted, I'm sure, with some of his uh, friends around the league, and he's been on postseason teams, uh, so. Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna try to give give these guys enough uh, simulated at bats to try to keep them sharp. I don't know. He someone asked him about scrimmaging about them playing a couple of uh, six inning inter squad games, and he seemed to he seemed to act like that wasn't something he was interested in doing. Probably because he doesn't want to take a chance on getting anybody hurt. Um, but you know, it, it's it, it it's always going to be a big question. Five day layoff uh, going up against a team that just had to win uh, a few days earlier. Uh, but uh, it, it beats the alternative. So, you know, you just have to see how it goes. They'll, uh, they, they're going to work out uh, They didn't uh, every day but today. They'll be working out until Saturday's game, including the, you know, the league-wide kind of workout thing on day on Friday. Uh, but but it'll be – it'll be there'll be spring training type workouts. Hey, Peter, now whoever they play, whether it be Texas or whether it be Tampa, you know, Hyder is going to be a rookie manager. You have any concerns with that? No, because he's had to he's had to manage really tight games um, all season long. I mean, uh, you know, I, I mentioned I was kind of joking around uh, with uh, my piece today in, in on BaltimoreBaseball.com, and I, I pointed, you know, uh, kind of pointed out that you know somebody asked him, how, you know, you know what makes you guys so good, and he and every time he got asked that, it seemed like in the last few weeks he'd say, certainly not our run differential. Um, because you know every game they won was a one-run game, and then they occasionally got beat ten to two, uh, and so the run differential, you know, was was I, I think the worst among the division winners. I'm pretty sure it was, um, and uh, just just the idea that it, you know I, I've I've had to watch a ton of these games on TV, I've, and then I've I've been there uh, not as much as I have in the past, 
and the stress level of the games over the course of the season, you know, watching the games and, you know, watching the movement, he's been doing this all year. He's been, he's been playing a kind of level playoff level of baseball all year, going into these series with Houston, getting them going into the series against Tampa, falling behind and having to win those last two games and winning one and nothing games, winning three to two games, coming back. You know, he has, he has really been pushing buttons magically all year long. I don't see why he wouldn't continue to do that. Peter Smuck, BaltimoreBaseball.com. Peter, wild card round. The most likely upset will be where? Well, there really aren't upsets in, in the wild card round. They're all they're all the same team, as you saw in the last two two or three days. <laughs> they're all the same team. You know, I mean, they're different kinds of teams, obviously. Um, you know, it's, and it's like uh, I, I I ask myself, who who would you rather the Orioles play if you want the Orioles to win uh, right now? Do you want to play Tampa or you want to play Texas? I don't want to play either one of them. Uh, I guess you'd say, well, Tampa's lost two key, very key players at the end of the season, plus their pitching staff has been banged up all year. So I guess you got to pick them because the Rangers can beat you to death if, if, they, if they're hitting. Uh, but the Rangers might be, in a way, more pitchable. So it's, it's just – and you look at the other teams around the, around the American League, I mean, you don't want to play any of those teams. And then the one nice thing is they got Seattle out of there. The Seattle just dominated the Orioles. That was one of the only teams that they looked bad against. You think we can petition Manfred to get the A's in there in some way, shape, or form? <laughs> He's Peter Schmuck, BaltimoreBaseball.com. Peter, we appreciate the time. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the wild card round. Always great talking to you guys. You got All right, Peter. Peter Schmuck, everybody. It's Video Haiti, 105.7 The Fed Funhouse. Nolan McGraw coming up next. News from the nest. Top of the hour. Revisit Lamar and John Harbaugh talking about yesterday's Ravens. Convincing workmanlike. 28-3 win over the Browns. By herself was the Monday money. Find out around 12-15. Nate Davis, USA Today, talks about NFL with him. Prior to the season, he predicted that every team in the AFC North would win double-digit games. I don't know if we're on that track right now. Vinny and Haney on your home for sports. 1057 The Fan. News from the nest coming up top of the hour. You want to join us? Talk to Ravage again at Fortet 583-1057. As is the uh, trend, they won, so people don't really have much to complain about. 28-3. 28-3. They win easily. Lamar Jackson outstanding in victory. Mark Andrews, two touchdown receptions. So the Ravens handled their business on the road. 3-1 on the year. 2-0 in the AFC North. And remember, last year, every team in the division three finished 3-3. Three. Three three. So maybe the Ravens could break through that one. You got Pittsburgh looming Sunday. Ravens are four-point favorites early line in that game. Bob, listen to this. This is crazy. I mean, the Ravens, <clears throat> the drive chart, first quarter, first quarter, 10 plays, 27 yards, and one touchdown, you know. Second quarter, 23 plays, 222 yards. Third quarter, 10 plays, 7 yards. Fourth quarter, 12 plays, 40 yards. I mean, that's that's crazy how you can do that. You know, that, that's – that's um, and the, the Browns – 18 plays, 47 yards in the first with an interception. 13 plays, 23 yards. 13 plays in the third quarter for five yards. And then 22 plays for 91 yards and two interceptions. So, I mean, it was uh, one quarter had offense. Otherwise, it was basically not, neither team would have had 
close to 150 yards. Game tonight, Seattle's at the Giants. You can hear that on 105.7 The Fan, ABC, and ESPN. We'll have your coverage there, Seattle minus 2.5. And, and it's also the return of the Manning brothers, who haven't been on since yeah. the first week. And Bob, Because we've had double headers in Monday Night yeah. Football. We were talking about sacks. The Giants, you said they had two. They're two. last in the league with two. And then the 30th is Seattle with five. So the two worst sack, two of the... Th- Two of the three worst sack teams are in the game tonight. Yeah, Thibodeau not exactly living up to that first no. round hype for the G-Men. By the way, Daniel Jones has been sacked 12 times, but they've only gotten to the opposing quarterback twice. But you can still hear that game, 105-7. The fan. Let's bring Nolan McGraw in. Quick draw, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. As far as the Ravens yesterday, I don't think anyone predicted that this is the route they would take into the season. Maybe some people would have said 3-1, and one, but... To have that loss be against the Colts, I don't think many people saw that. I don't think many people saw them going into Cincinnati and winning. But here they are. Injuries still concern you a little bit long term. But to be in this position early in the year, Lamar and the offense, far from perfect. Second half yesterday, would have liked to have seen a little bit more moving the ball. But you look at Lamar's stats on the year. Quarterback rating of 104.2 through mm-hmm. four games. Completion percentage over 74%. I mean, how far into the season until that drops off? I feel like we keep saying, well, that's not going to hold up. That's not going to hold up. Could it? I mean, could it be around 70%? And What's then, his passing efficiency number? Because in 19, he was number one. And I'm guessing the, the efficiency for him right now is pretty damn good. He only has one pick. Yeah, He's fumbled a few times. Yeah. Right? And uh, just four passing touchdowns through four games. But, I I mean, to be 3-1, and to be in this position, I like him going into Pittsburgh next weekend. Always a tough game, but we're anticipating no Kenny Pickett. So, I I think the division's theirs to take. Mm -hmm. Steelers offensively challenged. Oh, boy. How does that Well, you know what's going to be tough for Mike McDonald is, you know, especially if they fire the coordinator. Who's going to be calling, you know, what are they going to be doing offensively? What changes? Because you know they're going to try to do more stuff because that's why Canada is, you know, getting crucified by everybody because they say he's so uh, vanilla. And Trubisky can run. He's mobile. No doubt. But he, he, he tends to throw picks. Yes, he does. Oh, my God. It's, it's a four-point uh, four spread. Threw one to Roquan Smith last year, if I remember correctly, in that one game he had to start. It's video Haney, 105.7 The Fed. News from the Nest. We have time for a funhouse? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Quick draws. Funhouse. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812. I like that quick throw. 105.7 The Fan. First one here from Eric in Bel Air. Well, at least he's being honest. We're talking about the uh, Harbaugh critics. He had to show out. Said Ravens win big on the road in a division game. That's all good. Harbaugh still needs to go. Uh, (laughs) There will be games later in the regular season and or playoffs where he'll be standing there clueless on the sideline, mismanaging timeouts, clock, etc. I thought he handled it extremely well yesterday because I think he realized how the game was and and how dominant the defense was and that their defense is pretty dominant too that 
listen, guys, just don't turn it over and we win this game. We're up 21-3. Another one here says, as far as Justice Hill is concerned, I feel like they realized they were going to stomp on Cleveland uh, and with turf toe being somewhat of a lingering injury, said it wasn't worth it to push him more than needed yesterday. That's what Harb said? This is a texter's assumption. I, I guess it was 21-3 at the half. Maybe, you know, if that was the case, I hope. Because I just hope that he's back and ready to play next week because he, he has a total different dimension for the offense. And how about one on the Orioles here? Texter says, 100 wins, truly amazing. However, everyone a bit caught up in the moment. A few things do concern me over the last 10 games. Offense scored 27 runs, nine of them coming in one game. Uh, 125 batting average with runners in scoring position. Not the best when you're heading into the crucial part of the year. Well, I'm going to suck down that orange Kool-Aid here on this Monday, October the 2nd. It's a new season. That season's over. You get a week off. You get to rejuvenate. You get to find out who you got coming up on your schedule. The banged-up guys get the rest. I think these bats will come alive to some level. And we just talked about uh, that with Peter Schmuck. Season long, they've been one of the more productive offenses in baseball. But I understand it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately scenario. And, you know, they were getting no hit a couple of times down the uh, stretch into the middle portion of the game. But they did win 100 games for the first time in 43 years. Now it's all about waiting for Tampa and Texas. We'll come back. It's news from the Nest. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Let's count some cake. Hopefully at 12.15. Vinny and Haney. Buy or sell. Come on, Nolan. Let me finish my quick draw here, baby. There it is. Quick draw right there. Nate Davis will be joining us USA Today. He said every team in the AFC North would win at least 10 games. We'll see if he's changed his mind. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 